You're listening to a sermon from crckulaman.org. In Matthew 28, 18 to 19, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Well, that's everything, isn't it? Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, and we're part of that, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What constitutes discipleship? And what does it mean to pray in the name of something or someone? But to pray in the name of someone is to pray in the character of that. So if we're praying in the name of Jesus, we're praying in his character, which is perfect and holy. Discipleship's about authority and relationship. It's not about converts and bums on seats per se although converts are necessary, but Jesus didn't say, go out into all the world and make converts. Fill your church up with converts. Put bums on seats. He said, go out into all the world and make disciples. You see, discipleship is about an entrance into relationship with God himself and all its benefits for all who truly believe. That's us. All the benefits, think about them. So discipleship is relationship. Jesus died for us to restore us to God's original intention of relationship and intimacy as in the Garden of Eden. Think of that. That closeness. So you think back to Genesis in the cool of the evening. God came down and hung out with Adam and Eve. We can have that. It's been restored. Who would like to meet Jesus face to face daily? I'll be happy with even once, but daily would be awesome. God wants us to meet with him at least daily for our benefit. After we are saved, born again and spirit filled, our spirit is restored, but our mind needs transforming. (laughs) Especially mine. Now, we know this one, Romans 12, 2. Who can recite it? Who remembers it? I didn't. And do not be conformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Our minds are renewed in prayer and study, study of God's word, reading God's word, So Jesus isn't just after converts with fire insurance from hell, okay? As important as that is. But discipleship, for those of us that are willing to imitate and follow him. Now, in Judaism, even today, the rabbis, or rebbies they call them sometimes, have disciples and they imitate and they are observant for everything and I mean everything that they do they literally follow them there's this story and I'll try to appropriately say it as much best as I can but they were under the rabbi's bed trying to work out how things were done with a rabbi he was a married rabbi we'll leave it there so they didn't go down well incidentally but this, this is their level of devotion 
in imitation and following, okay? It wasn't just reading about him. You think, oh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I feel like doing that, but not that. I'll go and do it. That, they were really devoted. Well, I've heard a lot of testimonies about people who visited heaven and never wanted to come back. And the reason they do vary slightly is because heaven is a vast and impressive place and it depends where you are and what you see at that time. It's a bit like if someone went to my farm, they might land in one paddock and describe something completely different to paddock, the windmill paddock or something like that. But it's still Longview. It's still my farm. And the testimonies are just beautiful. And for the purpose of this sermon, I thought there are a lot of people who have been to hell and so I was listening to their testimonies. I don't recommend that you do that before you go to bed because it really puts the fear of God in you like nothing else does and they, they line up scripturally and they just line up with each other. It's really scary. So heaven is complete restoration, wholeness, peace, light, joy, the presence of God, beauty, everything. Hell is the absence of God. Fear and anxiety, like you can't comprehend. Fire, there is no peace, there is no light, and there is no joy and there is no hope. This is what we're saved from. And this is why I'm discussing this and in a sense I'm begging you, if necessary, to return to prayer and Bible reading. Bear with me. Because in our communities there are generations of people with a final destination to a really undesirable place. I'm not trying to be negative here because I'm just stating a fact. That's the truth. And it is in prayer that we can clean the spiritual atmosphere for the lost and backslidden to come back. We are Jesus in this world and we follow him. We imitate him. We are his disciples. We imitate him. And what did Jesus do? 1 John 5.19 states, We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. Did I put a wrong Bible mark in, did I? Or? No? Okay, good. Oh, okay. You can very rarely, can you reason with someone into the light bulb moment when they realise the truth about Jesus. It very rarely works, unless the Holy Spirit's been working in them. Because it is the Holy Spirit's place to convict people of righteousness. 
the Holy Spirit will convict of judgment because Satan has been judged and will cause them to think about eternal decisions. They will be confronted with truth. We are called to love them unconditionally and build relationships and build bridges to them. And to speak to them about Jesus when opportunities come up. And to pray. Most importantly, to pray. Now think about this. Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure. And in Luke 5, 1 to 11, which I'm not going to read, we read about Peter being convicted of his sin without Jesus saying a word to him. All, all that happened was Jesus had commandeered the fishing boat to push out from the shore to preach to the people. Fish, feet, um, Peter had been fishing all night and had caught nothing. Okay. And when Jesus had finished and the, the um, boat came back in, Jesus said to Peter, go out and chuck your net back in. And... I don't know what is in like another freshwater lakes, but the fish go to deeper water during the day. You don't go fishing in Galilee during the day. But Peter thought, okay, if you say so. And he went out and, he, and his nets were breaking, the catch was so heavy. And this was pro, um, supernaturally providing income for Peter and providing for his just needs. That's all Jesus did. And Jesus said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Jesus had built that bridge of relationship first, hadn't he? So what does God want? He wants his kids back. God wants his kids to come home. It's time to go fishing and restore the lost back to our dad. So how does this all translate to us? I'm not thinking about imitating Jesus. What, what did Jesus do? He had a huge group of people. But very often, there weren't always large prayer groups. Let me give you an example. When I first came wandering back to the Lord, I was nurtured into a Bible study in, in this town of Wingham. And we'd read a, a book... What happens when women pray? I think I can't think of the author now. And she was saying how when people, two or three gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of us. It only takes a few people just to go aside and pray. And so what our group did, we split up during the week and I just had one person with me, Sharon, I remember it quite clearly, and the answers to prayer from our group Group, the testimonies we had over time was incredible. And with this group, one at a time, we went through trials and we were all there building each other up and there were always victories at the end of it. Just hold that thought, with you? Ephesians 3.20 states, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. I've got a pretty good imagination and... God will exceed that according to the power that works within us. What power do we have at work within us? The Holy Spirit. What did he do? Raise Jesus from the dead. 
And I'm firmly convinced in my heart that God is calling us to do a similar thing. To meet with each other for prayer because I just have these visions of a map of our area and even when I go into the butchers, when I go into the checkout, always in my mind, I'm not an evangelist, (laughs) not at all. But I think, where are these people going? And I know I'm not alone in that. I'm no madder than I normally am. And um, by getting into the small groups and praying for this region, for our church, we are going to... And Well, when we were praying for each other, we had so much breakthroughs in our own personal lives as well. Do we need that? Amen. Amen. By meeting with Jesus personally, daily, ourselves. I don't care if you have to lock yourself in the loo, whatever it takes. If you've got little kids, I know what it's like. I've got more at home now. And the meeting with, some, with a friend, whether it's on the phone or at home or at coffee, at a rustic pantry, whatever. Meet and pray. Because we are called out the bread of life through, we have, are called to give out the bread of life through relationship. We don't want to give out stale bread now, do we? Fresh bread, straight from the one who fed thousands is what we need. Every day. Let's meet Jesus daily in the garden of prayer. Amen. Hebrews 4.16 states, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I think I'm at the throne of grace quite a lot. Boldly means to come without shame. When we pray, we come to the throne of grace, not judgment. To come, yeah, to come boldly means to come without shame. Because of Jesus, our sin is removed as far from us as the east, wherever east is, is from the west. I keep losing myself here, if you know what I'm doing. And we can come and plead for mercy for whomever we are praying for. We have unlimited access. Okay, now picture this. I walk in, I come in through the front door there, and I'm walking in with a sniper rifle. And I've come in with a sniper rifle. I face the barrel away from you. I place it on the table and I leave it there. Is that dangerous? No. It's not dangerous until someone picks it up. Left alone, I can't do anything. Ephesians 6, 17. Put on salvation as your helmet and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With or without scriptures, our prayers are heard. But with God's word 
in our prayers. We are snipers in the heavenly realm, strategically taking out the enemy, and we never miss. If you've seen my shooting in the natural, you would know my shooting in the spiritual is a lot better. especially if the Holy Spirit has given his insight into a particular situation. Okay, I'm going to use my brother Brian because he's not saved and he's not here to hear me. The Holy Spirit clearly has told me that he has a root of bitterness in his life. So when I pray for him, I would quote Ephesians 4, 31 to 32. Get rid of all bitterness... Rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. And then I'd speak into his life. It's important to declare verbally and to speak into someone's life. I would speak into his life. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. As well as speaking salvation into his life through Acts 16.31, which Rhonda can probably quote word for word, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you along with everyone in your household, amen. Is God's word true? Then this is what's going to happen. I can't reason with Brian into salvation, I've tried, trust me, it doesn't work. And he's a lot smarter than me. He has an IQ of about 130-something. So in prayer, I'm binding the mind-binding spirits on him and praying for the Holy Spirit to work in him and convict him and quoting scripture. That makes sense? If I lost you, no one's asleep, really good. We are also called to persevere in prayer. Luke 11, 9 verses, Luke 11, sorry, 9 to 10. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Does Jesus lie? No. Keep on seeking and you will find. I love this verse. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks, or yeah, everyone who seeks finds and to everyone what have I done I've lost myself you know the verse anyway the door will be opened so I've been praying for Brian for years so persevere shamelessly regardless of how things are looking in the natural trust me for Brian to be saved it doesn't look good in the natural but God amen I'm a persistent little sister. Even if it gets worse, because we don't know what's happening in the spiritual, and as you probably know, when things really get wound up and get worse, there's a breakthrough. We just got to persevere in prayer and get that breakthrough and just tell Satan to stick that in his pipe and smoke it. Answers may take years if, and maybe not in our lifetime. Charles Spurgeon had a friend he prayed for virtually all his life and Charles Spurgeon died without seeing the answer. But that man did come to Christ. 
That's encouraging. Philippians 4, 6 states, Don't worry about anything. God often gives me this verse. I can't imagine why. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. The best example in my own life I can give for that is one time Jess had one of her young little boys in hospital, now the older boys, Wagga, Wagga Base, and I was by myself. I had to raid her wardrobe and go tearing over there, as you do. And I got there and I thought, where am I going to park? Where am I going to park? I went round, and as you do, round and round. So I prayed for a dad park. And all of a sudden this woman stood out and was going like that. So I thought, you beauty. I went straight in and then she was just walking. And she just left. She was walking away. I got my park. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's why I call them dad parks. So with Brian, I thank God that he hears me, that he is working in his life and that he will be saved. And it's even more powerful if you declare it. Even when things are downright ugly, be thankful and keep praying. Because that's spiritual warfare in itself. I think probably the most recent one I can give on that one is when I fractured my wrist, I was actually on my way to a holiday on the beach. And if you know me, I love my beaches. And I fractured my wrist halfway up there at Goulburn. Ended up in the hospital. And there was bad weather coming, which we were supposed to be beating to get up to Brian's. And because I was in hospital for two days because my wrist was so badly fractured, it had to be all screwed back together. We had to turn around and go home. And I was quite dirty about it. I was not in a good mental place. I was really ticked off. And... My soul wanted to go north, but my body was going south and I wasn't a happy camper. But as I was going under the bridge, I was looking at something. Oh, look at those birds' nests. And I thought, okay, thank you, Lord, that I can see. I didn't fracture, fracture my head. Thank you, I haven't got cancer. Thank you, I haven't, you know. Thank you that my wrist will heal. Gratitude is the doorway for God to turn things around into a blessing like you just wouldn't believe. Please remember that when things are really, really, pardon me, crappy. It will always be turned into a blessing. Last but not least in my points is praying in tongues. I really like this. Russell Corey describes the Holy Spirit as the Google or search engine of heaven. I love that. The spirit who knows everything about our God is the one and the same spirit who gives insight into the lives of us, each of us. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us about God's will, things in our life and whatever we're facing right now. We're all facing stuff. Don't we need that help? We need those light bulb moments. I could use a few light bulb moments. Just a hundred of them. And tongues also unlocks revelatory... Why do I write that word when I can't pronounce it? Gifts 
like words of wisdom, knowledge, prophecy and discerning of spirits. So we mustn't be surprised if we, when we get those revelations. And we go, oh, I see what's going on here. John 16, 13 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, has he come? Amen, he has, yeah. He will, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So God will tell the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you. It's easy to give up on prayer, especially in times of assault and hardship and lack of time and privacy when grandkids come in as soon as you get up and all that sort of stuff. We may not know what or how to pray and it can feel like God isn't listening. Who's ever felt like that? I have, heaps of times. But is God listening? Damn right he is. But Paul reminds us that for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. Now, when we sigh and groan and carry on, that is still intercession because you're releasing something in your spirit. Now, don't we need the Holy Spirit in regard to praying for the lost, the strayed or mislaid? Amen. Okay. Winding this up. Discipleship is relationship where we can imitate Christ who intercedes for the lost. He's sitting at the right hand of God interceding for us. The lost are blind and comfy in their sin and reasoning with them about God usually doesn't work. It is the Holy Spirit who convicts them of sin and works in their lives. We are called to love and to pray for them. When we pray with scripture, we are like snipers in the heavenly realms, strategically taking our target, and we never miss. But if we pray with scripture and pray in tongues, picture an atom bomb. This is what's happening in the spiritual realm. Do we need a couple of spiritual atom bombs in our area? Do we need our land healed and our people returning to the Lord? Amen. Be thankful and never give up. I want to read Ezekiel 37. <clears throat> Valley of dry bones. The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. 
Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, then skin formed to cover them, cover their body, sorry. But they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So as I spoke the message as he commanded, and breath came into their bodies, they all came back to life and stood on their feet a great army. We are currently living in a valley of dry bones of the unsaved, who potentially could be part of the great army of God. People we see and know, the teachers, butcher, whoever, neighbours, could we pray for them? Yes, we can. But will we? Will we get caught up in the, excuse me, crap that happens in our life, the busyness? Just a thought. No condemnation, just a thought. Will we? Will we pray for them? Okay, I'm going to pray. Let's pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. That's such an important message for us to get hold of, isn't it? Like prayer. Like, like when you get a, a real revelation about prayer, I can guarantee you your life will not look the same. Because instead of stuff happening and you getting anxious and worried and fearful and frustrated, you'll be like, huh, I'll just pray. That'll fix that. Okay? And you, you know, you're casting your cares upon him. Instead of, you know, you, you stressing out about this person saying this or this person not coming to church or this person not being saved, you'll be like, I'll just pray. That'll fix that. You know, like it's, it's just such a vital thing that as believers we get a hold of and that we actually, as Robin said, we actually, you know, do. Um, and it's not a burden, is it? I mean, if, uh, somehow the enemy uh, or us, probably often it's just our own minds, that trick us into thinking that prayer is hard and, and burdensome. But, but when you make time for it, it it's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. And um, so I guess, you know, I want to um, maybe, you know, throw out that challenge to you. Hey, get together with someone this week. Pray with them. All right. While we have our cuppa, grab someone and say, listen, do you want to get together this week and pray? <laughs> All right. Um, and I, I was thinking, well, look, Thursday morning, 6.30, my place. I'm going to go for a bit of a prayer walk around town. If you want to join me, be there, okay? 6.30, Thursday morning, going for a prayer. Now, we're not going to be like yelling out in tongues up and down the streets, all right? It'll be subtle, <laughs> all right? It'll be discreet. It'll just be like a morning. Except to come, all right? Don't be scared about not being able to pray. Like, just 
say amen every 10 steps or something and that'll be fine, all right? This comes. So it's 6.30, Thursday morning, my place. Might be helpful if you send me a text so that I know to wait for you and don't just head off on my own, all right, if, you, if you're going to come. Um, and I, look, I, I do wonder whether just, just briefly doesn't look right does it um whether whether just briefly like who here does have um uh some some unsaved friends or family that that you you really are praying for or you want to see saved i mean who who has people just raise your hand yeah a few yep okay um who here has has needs either in their life or in the the life of people they know and love that that, that they can't fix you know but god is that your, your toes raised as well? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry, I, didn't, I was distracted. Raise your hands. Who, who, who here has either needs in their own life or, or people they know and love have needs? Okay, that's, that's most of us. So most of us here, all of us here have a need for prayer, don't we? Um, so I'm going to pray with you. Yeah? All right. Um, yeah, let's do it. So if you, if you have needs... Stand with me. Stand with me. If you have needs, either in your life or the life of... Um, maybe, maybe that's health needs. Maybe you have, have need for healing. Maybe there's, there's stuff going on for you. Okay. Um, whatever it is, let's, let's just stand. Father God, just with, with faith, we reach out to you. and We declare that you are the God who changes things. You are the God who is full of life and victory. Lord, we reach out to you this afternoon with, with those needs in our own life, those needs in, in the life of, of our family or our friends, those uh, unsaved family and friends and, and, and neighbours that we have. And in, in Jesus' name, we just bring them before your cross and we say, uh, Holy One of God, you are Lord over these people. You are Lord over these situations. And we just claim the work of the cross upon these people right now in Jesus' name. And we just stand here in faith. And, you know, Lord, we only have a mustard seed amount of faith, but we know that that is plenty. And so we stand here with great confidence. We bring these people before you, before your throne, and we say, Father God, be glorified. Be glorified in this situation. Be glorified in, the, in this body. In the name of Jesus, we just speak healing to those people here today who need healing in their body, who need a miracle in their body. We thank you, Jesus, that you just provide that work in the, at the, the level of every cell in, in their body, that you just bring healing and freedom. We thank you for um, uh, uh, family situations that are, are, are conflicted and, and um, are, are full of, um, I guess, a discord. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just speak peace upon those family situations. We just speak wisdom and we just speak a, a, um, an empowerment of your grace to all of those people who are involved. Father God, we just trust you, we rely on you, we depend on you. And um, just, just release a, a new uh, faith for prayer in us as your people. We just want our faith uh, to, to, to grow, to rise up, to, to get stronger, Lord. Um, we thank you that you are the God who is um, ever patient with us. You are gracious. You are slow to anger. We thank you that you just teach us and train us in, in your ways and that we are your disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look, if anyone did want some, some extra prayer, happy to pray with you as always. Um, but other than that, hey, go and have a cuppa and maybe find a prayer partner for the week. How does that sound?